Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. My name is Daniel Rota. Um, I'll be your host for today's show. Um, the Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Holy Family and St. Lawrence in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, we're really excited that you guys could join us today. Um, today with me, like always, I have Father Ryan Morabitz with me. How are you, Father? Daniel, I'm well, as always. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, we're, we're really excited to kind of have our, um, our uh, Mysterious Letter 2.0 episode. Um, if you listened to our last episode, um, we, uh, yeah, we, we just talked about the, the letter that we all, or not, not, not we all, but that some parishioners received on their cars um, after the 11 a.m. at St. Lawrence a week or two ago. Um, and so, um, so, yeah, we're going to send a kind of follow up on that. Jump into the weeds a little bit on the letter. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know last week, if you listened, we, um, we talked about just kind of what, um, like, kind of large scale what what differences in thought were and um and kind of how how without the structure and the, the tradition of the church um we can kind of fall into air and so but today we're going to kind of look into maybe a couple of specific errors in that and just kind of talk about that so um yeah really excited um i think we have um a great show today um, but before we get started um father can you open us in a prayer yeah in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Father God, we, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you who come and reveal the fullness of the Father to us and the, the fullness of divine life, we praise and we glorify you. We ask that you would pour forth your Spirit and anoint us with, with the fullness of truth and that we might walk in your truth and in your love. Holy Spirit, stir within us all of your gifts, give us wisdom and knowledge, understanding and good counsel. Give us fear and piety and courage. Lord, we praise and we glorify you, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. Um, so, so yeah, getting, um, uh, I guess, starting off this podcast, we want to talk about um, just what is going on this week. So, F- Father, any, any anything new going on? You know, the big thing that's coming up is RCIA again this year, and Father Rich and I are going to team up on it, and so we're going to have a collective program, and the sisters are going to be helping organize and lead it. So check out the bulletin on the website, and um, I don't have the exact dates of when they're going to start. It's going to be on Tuesday nights at Holy Family. Um, and this is, you know, RCIA is for you if you haven't been confirmed or you haven't been baptized or you haven't received First Communion or you're not Catholic um, and you want to be Catholic um, or you're not baptized and want to be baptized. Um, and so sometimes, you know, it's spouses or it's individuals or it's lots of different dynamics. And so feel free to reach out to us or to myself or the sisters if you're interested in RCIA or just come to the first night. We'll be announcing that in the parishes. It's a great opportunity to learn the faith and stuff. If, if you're a direct family member, so a spouse or child or something is in RCIA, you're welcome to come to that class as well. Um, but it really is focused on people who are really kind of learning the faith on some levels for the first time and are preparing to enter into the, the full sacraments of initiation at the Easter Vigil. So, um, and we're going to have some things for Catholics too. You know, I keep talking about doing a Catholic or RCIA for Catholics, and it, it's still on the burner. So <laughs> it's still percolating, folks. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, RCIA, um, I, um, you know, I was, I, w- I was raised Catholic, so I haven't. I mean, I guess I guess we've all, in a, in a sense, gone through RCA to some degree. But but for the formal kind of RCA process, a lot of my friends 
um, have gone through that who are converts. And I think, yeah, I've just heard r- really great things about it. You know, it's a, it's a great way to, to uh, learn the faith. And I mean, I've heard so many stories of people that have been like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and go to, you know, one or two classes and just, just learn a little bit with really no intention of becoming Catholic, but then just, you know, after, you know, hearing the truths and, you know, they just like come alive in the faith. And so I th- it's, it's, it's a really awesome opportunity for a lot, a lot of people. I think that's an important thing. If, if you come to class, that doesn't mean you have to become Catholic. It's come and learn and discern and make the decision, make an informed decision of whether or not you want to do this. So every year, you know, we have people that maybe, maybe say, you know, I'm not quite ready or I don't know that I agree. Well, okay, that's fine. No pressure here. But come and learn. So you can make a, a truly informed decision. Um, even if you've been coming to Mass on Sundays for years, you, you most likely, I guarantee you, you don't know kind of all the reasons and the whys and the whats of, of what we believe and how we practice that. So, Awesome. Well, yeah, look, look, you know, look in the bulletin. Um, we'll probably yeah, announce stuff at Mass. Um, look on the website for some, some more information about that. Um, well, as we get into the topic of this week, you know, I kind of teased it earlier, but we're going to be talking about, um, um, yeah, we're, we're going to go into a couple different points from uh, the letter that um, some people received on their cars. If you didn't listen to our last episode or haven't heard about this before, um, yeah, after uh, the 11 a.m. mass at St. Lawrence a couple weeks ago, um, some people, after, upon leaving um, mass, saw some, some, had received some letters on their cars, um, and they're just uh, uh, eight pages of just different points about um, how this one individual, um, after um, learning the Bible for 34 years and studying it, had uh, um, had some issues with the Catholic faith, and so I wanted to kind of talk about those. Um, so yeah, if you haven't listened to that um, episode, um, it's uh, episode two. Uh, you should go back, listen to it. Um, we kind of talk about um, how how people can kind of come to air um, and. Um, having the structure of the church, how that helps us um, stay in truth. Um, but so, yeah, today we would want to talk about a couple of specific ones. Um, Father, what, what, what are the ones that, that you kind of wanted to, to, to talk about yeah, today? Yeah, so if, if you have the letter, we're going to talk about 2, 20, and 23. Um, and it's it's about Peter and Peter's role, and then about the Eucharist, and then about anointing of the sick. And, you know, this is we're only doing two episodes on this. We're not going to kind of run down the rabbit hole of this, but I think it's important that we do look at it and kind of understand, like, okay, how do we... How do we face these challenges, and how do we how do we talk about, particularly when people throw just you know a couple of verses of scripture at us? And as you'll see, you got to keep reading. That's a big that's a big factor to coming to a fuller and deeper understanding. And you also have to put it into a historical context or no history, as well, so we can we can understand how why these things were written when they were written, and how they were lived up out before and after they were written. All the while knowing it is, it's the inspired word of God. It is this, the Bible is the inspired word of God. So it is revealing to us who Christ is. Um, but it doesn't just stand alone outside of history. And um, so we're, we're, we're going to start off with, with point number two. Um, it gets into, um, so the, the, the Catholic teaching is that um, um, Peter is the, the, the rock of the church. And this, this goes in to say um, that Peter is, is not, the, and not, not the, the foundational rock. Yeah, would that be right? That's correct. So number two, it's quoting Matthew sixteen fifteen through eight, and on the letter it says, "He saith unto them, but who say ye that I am?" And Simon Peter answered and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven." 
And so I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of the hell shall not prevail against it. And then he notes, or he or she, this individual notes, what Jesus was saying to Peter was this, my father has given you the revelation that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this chief cornerstone, foundational truth, I will build my church. The word rock here in the Greek word petra, which means large stone or boulder. Jesus Christ is the rock, not Peter. So here's the thing about this, okay? Is, again, here's where the confusion is. So it's like, oh, man, I wish we could have a conversation with this individual to, to talk through this and to maybe talk about our differences. Jesus, at the beginning, you know, he says, um, so he asked Peter, who do the people say that I am? Simon Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the first proclamation of faith of who Jesus Christ is. So it's a, it's a really important moment. Peter's the first one to be shown and to proclaim who Jesus is. And this is the core of like what the church has to do. The church has to proclaim who Jesus is. And Jesus looks at him and says, Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. That's Bar-Jonah uh, in the other translation that is in the letter. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And remember that. It says, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. So the heavenly Father has chosen Peter to, in a special way, manifest the truth, to, to proclaim and to speak the truth. And so I say to you, comma, you are Petra. You are Peter, he says. So he changes his name. A change in name is a change in roles and change in ministry throughout the scriptures. It's, it's a huge thing to remember that Jesus first calls him Simon, son of Jonah, and then says, I say to you, so he's looking at Peter and he's saying, I say to you, you are Petra. So that word Petra, it, he says, you are Peter. So the, the, the letter, right, says the word rock here is the Greek word Petra. Yep, right which means large stone or boulder. Jesus Christ is this rock, not Peter. Well, why does Jesus look at Peter and say, Peter, you, Simon Barjona, you are Petra. You are rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. See, he changes his name. That's why he's known as Peter. Um, that's such an important thing to, to point out and to study and to look at. It, now, it goes on, so if you go on and you continue to read, and this is important that you continue to read when we're, when we're kind of citing scripture passages, like read before and after, see if there's anything else that adds to the context. Right after 18, he says, he says to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's putting Peter in an authoritative role. To give somebody the keys to your house, or in their day, to the keys to the gate to the city, or keys to the castle, puts them in charge, makes them the authoritative figure and the one who's going to say, okay, this is going to open, this is going to close, this is right, this is wrong. He very specifically gives Peter this role. Here's the thing about the context of this then. As we look at history, we have to know what happened to Peter afterwards. So we have to read the book of Acts and we discover what happened. We have to read Roman history and to see what happened to Peter in Rome and how he led the early church, and when he was then crucified and killed, what did the early church do then? They appointed another person into that role that Peter held. They handed that ministry on through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So the role of the successor of Peter is to be the one who proclaims from the Father that Jesus is Lord and keeps us in that truth. I'm, I'm going to go off here a little bit, Dan. I know <laughs> we've got a certain amount of time. Um, but just the last thing. Sometimes people say, well, yeah, but what about the bad popes? What I think about the bad popes is the bad popes never said anything. They did a lot of crummy stuff, but they never changed doctrine. So some of the like really kind of evil popes didn't change any doctrine, and none of the core things held. You know, they didn't nothing. They didn't bring any change to that. The so bad popes. The, what the Holy Spirit did through them is actually didn't let them speak, <laughs> didn't let them make any big changes that that lasted or anything like that. Especially to to things about faith and morals. So that's our first one that we cover. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I think. Um you know, as we're kind of think, thinking about which ones to talk about, this is a big one because, well, one is Catholics. I think, you know, a lot of times we, people will bring this up. Oh, well, you, you know, you're just, you just get told what to do and you do it. Um, and that there's not really a lot of thought into it. And so I think this is, you know, it's good to see like, no, like this is where our, our church kind of like hierarchy in a sense has come from. And it's been, it was established by Jesus, you know, like he established the church. Um, and, you know, in this, you know, like he, you know, you you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build, build my church. It just, yeah, I think it, it sets that, that that foundation for kind of um, not only. I mean, well, what we what we talked about last week with kind of the authority of the church and the tradition, but then even everything else that we talk about, it kind of has to be taken within that context. Yeah, Jesus sets up an authoritative role that that the church will be built upon, and you know, he hands it on. Jesus Jesus does that. You know, he Jesus founded it, and this is how he founded it. Yeah. Um, so, so getting to the, the the second point, point twenty, which is probably even uh, even um, uh, it's probably the the biggest point. Um, if I'm if I'm it's the longest scripture yeah. reference. Yeah. Um, and so this, yeah, they, they they go in to talk about the Eucharist, and um, so they they take um, scripture. So they they quote John six. Uh, verses 48 through 63. Right, which, and this is the discourse, right, where Jesus says over and over, I will give you my flesh to eat, my flesh is real food, my, my, blood, my blood is real drink. It's the teaching on the Eucharist that Jesus gives in the synagogue up in Capernaum. It's John chapter 6. It's a core chapter to John's gospel. And uh, I, I know, like, one thing, I mean, just before we kind of dive into it, um, that is important to recognize is when they stop. You know, well, like the, when they start is kind of like I don't know. That's that's pretty normal. But when they stop that, they stop quoting John six. It's kind of an important part to recognize. Yeah. So what this does is it starts with "I am the bread of life," goes through the bread of life discourse, in in the letter, and then the the last line right is um is when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, because the, the disciples were like, what is he talking about? He said unto them, Does, doth this offend you? I'm reading from the letter, not a Catholic translation, but it's good enough. What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh prevaileth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So one thing on this is to remember that we have to allow Jesus to speak to us the spirit to speak to us, not just to listen to earthly flesh, right? To, to human ways of thinking. This is what Jesus is speaking about when he speaks of spirit and flesh in this context. Is that, it, yeah, humanly, this is like crazy. 
And he knows they're murmuring like, this is nuts. That make, this, is, this makes no sense to us. So they end with that verse. The, the commentary in the letter, it says, no, Jesus was not talking about eating and drinking his literal body and blood here. He was talking about eating and drinking his words. Dear Catholic churchgoer, you may or may not know this, but Catholic doctrine teaches that when your priest prays over the bread and wine, it is supernaturally changed into the actual physical body and blood of Jesus. Yes, we believe that it is actually changed into the real physical presence of Jesus Christ, his body and blood, soul and divinity. He's right on. This is a cannibalistic, gross, false teaching, exclamation point. Furthermore, only a portion of the above scripture passage is read at Mass to make you believe this atrociously bogus falsehood. It's called transubstantiation. Um, and then he goes on to, to quote the, the, the line about the flesh profiteth nothing. So, yeah, human thinking profiteth nothing, but listen to the words of God. Now, this is, Dan, you mentioned it. They stop at verse 63. It goes on, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, for this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, this is tough teaching. Some of you aren't going to believe. And, you know, the individual put this letter doesn't believe what Jesus says. Like, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Let's talk about that. Um, so what happens here, right? Verse uh, 66. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. So people in, in his day, too, said this is a gross teaching. And if you look at the early history of the church and the early Christians, one of the things that people criticize them about is like, they think they're cannibals. One of the reasons they're killed in Rome oftentimes is because they were like, these people are like, they say they eat the flesh and drink the blood of their savior. They're cannibals. They're sick. They're gross. Kill them. Get rid of them. And same here. People looked at Jesus, heard these words and said, that's gross. That's weird. That's strange. We're out of here. And they went to their former way of life. And so... The challenge here in this gospel passage is to say, do you believe what Jesus says? Because Jesus is really straight with them. Like, my flesh is, go and read John chapter 6, right? My flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. And people walked away because of this strange teaching. We also have to understand this teaching in the context of the Last Supper then and what Jesus does as he goes to the cross, which is a whole other topic for another show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's looking at me like, Father, it's time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we're, we're we we definitely want to talk about the Eucharist a lot more. Um, you know, obviously, there's uh, it's it's been big in the in the kind of Catholic news recently with uh, the the Pew Research poll that came out and said, was it like seventy percent, seventy or eighty percent of people don't believe that Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. And so and so yeah, which is source in some of our teaching, folks. Yeah, got to study it. And so, so that's something that we, we want to talk about and we have plans to talk about, but we can't really get into it today because we still have one point to talk about, which is point 23, which goes into the last rites. Um, and in this, they quote uh, James chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Um, and I mean, when we were kind of going about t just talking about this, we we're like, what's so kind of it's it's hard this, to get to get his issue or, or, the, or her issue i guess this is this is the, the so the quote this verse you know is anyone sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the lord shall raise them up and if we have committed any they've committed any sins they shall be forgiven them okay and then the the next verse confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much so the note on here 
This is where I wish we could enter into more dialogue. The doctrine of Catholicism, last rites, are not even close to this only New Testament reference along these lines. God is very angry with this religious system who perverts and misrepresents his words so grievously and wickedly. He will judge it someday big time in the book of Revelation. It will never change its dogmas, unscriptural traditions, and lying falsehoods. The only question God has for you is this. Will you recover yourself and get out of it so I do not have to judge you along with it? So there's a thing for me when I encounter people, and I've encountered people in all kind of walks of life. Sometimes it's right here, like after a funeral or a wedding. Sometimes it's out there like on an airplane or something, and somebody finds out I'm a priest, and they're like, I, I, I left the Catholic Church, or I don't like the Catholic Church because of this or that. So I have to look at somebody and say, well, explain to me. Tell me what the Catholic Church teaches about anointing of the sick. And they'll go off on kind of like this, or they'll say certain things, and I'll be like, hey, if the Catholic Church taught that, I would leave the Catholic Church too. So I get why you, you don't like Catholicism. But your image and your understanding of Catholicism isn't right. It's wrong. Like you've been falsely informed or you really haven't done your studies. You really haven't done your homework on this truly. Because the reality here is um, actually what the scripture verse says is exactly what we believe in what we do. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, look at the right of the last rites. And so this is one of those ones where sometimes we have to challenge people like, hold on now. You're going to tell me about Catholicism. And I love it when they do it you know, to the priest, right? They're going to tell me about <laughs> Catholicism. And I look at him like, hey, man, I, I'm really sorry, but you're, you're wrong. And yeah, if, if that's what we taught, I would be out of here too, believe me. But let's, let's really look at what we teach and how we practice. And this one in particular I wanted to draw out because it's, this is one of those ones where it's like, whoa, wait a minute. You, know, you don't say about anything about what we do believe, um, but the reality is, is this scripture passage we actually quote in the last rites, and it's exactly what we do. People call the priest... We go, we pray over them, we anoint them with oil, right? And we pray for the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what, <laughs> what's the problem here? <laughs> so it, it's a super interesting one. There's lots of other ones. Got to take these in some different contexts um, and also in some dialogues. So. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, even you know, as we kind of bring this, this episode to a close, the, the quote from John Paul II comes to mind where he says, um, most people don't hate what the Catholic Church is, they hate what they think the Catholic Church is. Or right. the, you know, they don't disagree with Catholic Church teachings, they disagree with, the, with, with what they think is Catholic Church teachings. That's right. And, and, and that's why it's important for people like, who genuinely want to do something like this. Like, they really, you have to go do your research. And even as Catholics, like if you're struggling, like, go do good research. Don't just, don't just ask somebody, whether that's grandma or mom or dad or your brother or your priest, because um, you know what? There's a lot of times where we're wrong, too. You might come and ask me something, and maybe I give the wrong answer. Go research it in the catechism. Go research it in the, the prayers of the church. Go research it in the Bible. Go, go, go research all the sources if you're really struggling. That's going to be the key to getting there um, and doing it kind of collectively. Because, yeah, sometimes we, we misunderstand or we're misinformed. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, really, really hope you guys enjoyed uh that episode today. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna close it quick with a quick uh, catechetical minute, and for this we're gonna throw it over to Father. Uh, this week's catechetical minute um, is the sign of the cross. So we always say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why do Catholics make the sign of the cross? Um, the sign of the cross has been used since the very earliest days of Christianity. So we find writings from the fathers of the church as early as the second century where they're talking about it. 
early on, the cross was traced on the forehead with the thumb or forefinger, kind of like we get at confirmation. And then over the centuries, the practice evolved to include making, uh, marking the forehead, the breast, and then each shoulder. Um, and it was Pope Leo IX that gave instruction in the middle of the ninth century on making the sign of the cross that the, of the practice that we still have today. So it, it developed over time, this, this practice of this mini exorcism of blessing ourselves in, in the cross, in the, in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, a great thing we do today, there's more on it in the booklets, in your pews, Minute in the Church. Awesome. So thank you for listening to today's episode. Um, and as, as we close this one, uh, just thank, you, thank you all for listening again. Uh, if you like it, please subscribe. Uh, you can listen to on our website. You can listen on, on iTunes. Uh, sh- share it on social media. Uh, we're creating this uh, for our community. Um, so, yeah, t- tell other people about it. Um, tell people how to listen to it. Um, just, yeah, share it and be an advocate for it. So, thanks. May God bless you and may Jesus Christ be.